0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers, with Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring.
1: Hello and welcome to our little podcast, Solar Insiders. My name is Giles Parkinson and joining me as usual every fortnight possibly seem to be every week um, Nigel Morris from solar analytics how are you Nigel uh,
0: good evening Giles good evening listeners how are you
1: pretty good pretty good look pretty smashed up by this week actually um, in a perfect um, perfect element of timing I actually organized to go to Brisbane on Wednesday to go and see midnight oil and the return Ooh. of Peter Garrett and which Ooh. was a lot of fun but um, Excellent. um the irony of ironies is the former Minister of the Environment was um, getting up on stage. That's when uh, Malcolm Turnbull <laughs> decided to drop his latest energy policy on the world. Um, but wow. um, yeah, look, policy is probably a, uh, too much of a grand word for it, actually. Um, it seems to be a thought bubble, um, which has got a ratification from his parliament, but pretty much upset everybody else. Um geez, i oh, look I don't know what to make of this, Nigel. Um I've I've um the, the there are so many red flags on this policy, um uh, which I wrote about today. Um it doesn't seem to address the emissions. It certainly seems to be a roadblock for re- renewables, at least large scale renewables. It doesn't seem to address the pricing issue, and I guess we'll get back to what that means for solar and um solar households and um and, and consumers. But never seen a policy delivered with so much fanfare with so little detail.
0: That's, that's the perfect summary, and I read a couple of things you, you published over the last day or so, Giles, and I'm with you. It's just, um, you know, my take on it is, you know, nothing's really changing. Nothing's really changing. Uh, There's some good bits in it, which I I like the sound of the fact that, you know, if the uh, Paris Agreement uh, becomes law and goes through uh, legislation change, then that's potentially one good element of it. But the rest of it's really business as usual. And as you say, we have no details. So really business as usual. We don't know what's going on, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean the, the
1: the actual idea of a reliability mechanism and uh, and and taking into account of environmental targets within with within some me- mechanism, is, is is not a bad one. I mean it's the, it's the sort of thing we've been discussing for the last decade. But to sort of release this with absolutely no detail at all, and to sort of create this de facto carbon market which would be hidden from view. Oh, look, right. we could just go on. I mean, that's not really what we're talking about in this sort of solar podcast. But look, let's get yeah. back to the the key fact, it, though, is that they're saying there's going to be no reduction in prices. And for me, that is unforgivable and pretty much pointless because you can't go on gold plating the grid. And we're, now we're talking not just about networks, but about the cost of generation and the retail margins. You can't keep those prices so high when the cost of rooftop solar and battery storage is so low i mean something's got to break
0: yeah well uh, you know reading through all the different commentary over the last few days charles you know the solar snowball is rolling it's been rolling for years and this year it gathered a whole lot of speed right and a whole lot of momentum despite everything that's going on so this is the beautiful thing this is the this is actually this is the tragic thing because you know, it's not going to stop, right? We're seeing residential and commercial owners and large-scale net users now coming into the market with gusto. Storage is continuing to grow. The interest is continuing to grow. It's not stopping. And so the irony, the tragedy is in a year or two, the policymakers are going to be in a real mess because it's going to happen.
1: Mm, mm. Absolutely, and they're just not prepared for it. And that was exactly the the underpinning of the CSIRO and the Networks report from last year, which talked about the ability to have a high renewables grid and saying, for goodness sake, let's get on with it, because people are going to turn to solar and they are going to turn to storage. And unless the actual sort of dynamic is changed on the grid part of everything, then people are just going to take medicine to their own hands and go off grid. And we're starting well, to, exactly. we're starting and to
0: even see if, that. You're right. And even if they don't go off grid, they're, they're going to put batteries in right they're gonna put batteries in the yeah. demand for batteries is just continuing to grow and the energy awareness stuff that we've talked about like we the conference uh, that we were both at last week at all energy right great example everyone was talking about smart energy everyone was talking about storage there was loads of great conversations about large stuff I presented on on Internet of Things alongside a whole bunch of other people. Uh, Stefan was involved in some stuff. Our CEO was involved in some stuff on uh, you know the future grid and innovation in the space. It, the, our stuff is getting smarter. It's getting cheaper. It's rolling out, and I don't know why the idiots in Canberra can't see that, Giles. <laughs>
1: Really? Yeah, I know. I know. Look, it's just amazing. <laughs> Look, I've got to say about all energy is that it was a pretty, it was a pretty interesting conference because it was bigger than I've ever seen it. The mood was certainly upbeat, um, more Very upbeat than I've so. ever seen it. Um, certainly the, um, the, uh, the, the number of different sort of um, drinks and private functions and, um, and other things um, suggested a very healthy industry going on at the moment. Um, Everyone's
0: optimistic, I think, Giles, you know, they're really, this year's going to end very strongly and next year is looking great as well, you know, so it's yeah. just flying. Yeah. It makes sense, right? We all know that.
1: It does, it does. But look, with the good news, I guess comes the bad news. And we've got a couple of good stories to talk about um, very in a minute, but I just thought I'd just sort of pause. You know, with all that upbeat mood, and clearly there's a lot of business to be done because the cost of solar is coming down, the cost of storage is getting very interesting, or there's new software is allowing people to do different things, but that's not attracting just good people to the industry. Um, You've just noticed a lot of other people turning up. Oh, Um, Giles,
0: you know, it drives me crazy. Uh, The number of new entrants into this industry, I'm watching new companies and often old companies under new brands. We're seeing stories of penalties being handed out. Um, for for continued poor behavior and the pricing and the deals are very they're very transparent right but but when you but not to the average consumer necessarily and when you look at some of the deals that are out there you go hang on why is this so cheap a friend of mine and a buddy of mine actually was visiting Sydney recently and he told me a story about exactly this situation where someone rang him quoted him on solar and said yeah mate we can put it on your house we put it on your shed in the paddock as well no worries we'll put eight kilowatts on it'll be fantastic Fantastic! it'll be really cheap he got a second quote from someone else and they said well uh, sorry we're actually not going to quote you because both buildings are completely in the shade uh, for about (laughs) 70% of the year so that system actually isn't isn't going to generate you any savings or minimal savings it's going to be much more expensive and and that characterizes what's going on these guys these clowns obviously didn't even satellite map the site with the most basic tools which allow you to see what's going on and do solar properly. And there are loads of people out there getting caught up in this, it drives me crazy.
1: Yeah, look, I don't. I know. I know. I, I guess we can just sort of tell consumers um, to really um, just be very careful. Get an extra quote. Um, obviously, the person that was quoted there for eight, eight kilowatts in the shade um, did the right thing. Got an extra quote, and so didn't fall for it. That's it. Um, likewise, um, and I'm going to repeat this one again. This is about this sort of battery storage offer that people are seeing through the post um there are offers out there showing oh there's a great discount at the moment there's this trial basis and um you know you can get um this battery for about one third of the one third cheaper than what it normally is well you're actually paying for double what it should be um so anything that comes through the post just treat it with caution um so just just a warning out there but look there are some good stories about that and uh, you you apparently been on a bit of a road trip and and, and going to see Ma and Pa Morris, and goodness knows who else in the Morris, Morris family. Clan. The and whole clan, uh, mate. The, uh, the, the Morris clan has gone solo.
0: Well, not all of them, and the in-laws as well, of course. We've got the in-laws in. It's, you know, it's all part of one big happy family. But this is the good the good news part of the solar industry, Giles, is, you know, and I think you were uh, lucky enough to meet some of the solar cutters, some of the really good guys who are sticking together in the industry and networking really closely and saying, how do we keep it good? How do we keep it quality? How do we make sure it all works really well and it's safe and everything else, right? And I went on a road trip. And the funny thing was that it ended up that I either visited or talked with personally about eight or nine different families, many of my own and others as well about what their experiences were with solar, right? Mm. And and th- it was a representative sample of what the whole community is going through right now, right? My dad has a solar system and it's a classic story. He got It was on the house when he got it. It was a cheapest system, but it was okay. It was working, it had worked for six or seven years. And he said, Nights we need to upgrade. Um, uh, we need a bit more and we'd like to get our bill right down. We're old pensioners, common demographic of who the people we are we're we're all talking to in this industry and uh, he said can you upgrade my system and I said well dad actually I can't the standards have changed so it's actually going to cost me a hell of a lot to rip that old system off check it all out make sure it's perfect and get it all right so it's actually easier for me to throw a whole new whiz bang much bigger system in and i'll get you a good deal don't worry i know some people so we went through that exercise but the first thing that i did was put a monitor on before we changed anything i put a monitor on and watched his system and within 24 hours giles we went i said dad what are you doing in that house and it was a fridge his fridge was cycling on and off way too often and consuming loads of energy. Within 24 hours, we had that picked. On the weekend, he rang me and said, why has my solar system gone off? And I said, well, that's a really good question, Dad. And he, he wouldn't have known if he wasn't monitoring it. And lo and by, I'll, I'll cut to the chase, Giles, all my relatives and friends bailed me up and I had story after story after story of people with with solar experiences, some good, some not so good, and everyone chasing the same thing. How do I get independent? How do I understand what I'm using? And how do I understand how to minimize that with solar? It's it's the common theme and everyone's battling their way through to get good quality gear as well. So um, yeah, anyway, that was my little holiday.
1: <laughs> that's an interesting one look i've got to say look i was a bit of an addict of the monitoring device when i first got it i mean look it was almost as exciting as watching the football um <laughs> <laughs> maybe not quite but i probably looked at the uh i probably looked at the monitoring as as uh, monitoring device as often as i looked at the football scores i suppose but um yeah
0: <laughs> and, and uh, i mean the, the conference also highlighted giles that um there is so much smart stuff coming now right and uh uh There were numerous companies apart from from the guys I work with who were all starting to now talk about load control, about load diversion, about integrated monitoring across all sorts of different devices and about getting into the home. Smart home energy stuff was really, I, I don't know how much you saw of that in the conference, but it was the thing that really stood out for me.
1: Well, look, it was interesting because while we we're at the conference, um, the announcement was made about the um, demand management um, awards that came out from uh, AEMO and ARENA. And, and these are pretty exciting because, look, you know, there's, there's obviously a smarter way of using the electricity system and demand management is is just one of them. I mean, it's been used. Look, it's been used to a certain extent in Australia in the past, but hasn't really been, a you know, hasn't really been encouraged in the market. It's been used in WA, it's been used in the US and England and New Zealand and Taiwan and, you know, goodness, everywhere everywhere else.
0: Right. And, Charles, um, we've been trialling that here for years, right? We've it's, it's time to end the trials. When I was doing Solar Cities projects back in the early 2000s, we were trialling demand management with utilities, switching air conditioners on and off. So we know we can do it. And now the technology and the hardware is so cheap, it's already going on in other countries as you say, the, you know, we just saw 10,000 delegates at the biggest ever conference in all in, in energy, uh, all looking for that same stuff and consumers asking for it too. I really don't know um, uh, why the government isn't waking up to this.
1: Well, the government's sort of waking up to us in this, well, it's going through its trials and um, and the email thing is, um, and th- and that's kind of okay, but what's actually staggered me was the response in the newspapers about some of this demand response about how poor people would be sort of thrown out into the street and having to run up the street to sort of find a place with air conditioning because, because their own air conditioning had t- been t- turned off by this demand management thing. when. Really, that's not going to happen at all because one, your participation in the scheme is voluntary, two, you can override it at any particular point in time, and three, most of the demand management is actually going to sort of defer things like pool pumps and um, electric hot water and all the other things that you don't need at any particular time. And some smart businesses like some sort of, you know, metal manufacturers have discovered that, well, you can actually just turn down your furnaces for a couple of hours and uh, make a lot of money and, and turn down the demand. And, and that's a much smarter way of managing the grid than sort of turning thing, things off. And, um, there
0: is so yeah. much opportunity in demand-side management. And you know what's incredible, Giles, is consumers are crying out for it. Consumers in business particularly, as you rightly say, and we're seeing this. We've, we've talked with people who are plastic bag manufacturers who are more than willing to invest in monitoring gear that will monitor what their equipment's doing and how they can shift that around but they're blind right they're blind until they're able to see what's going on and the automation that's coming you know all we need is some incentives instead of confusion in billing and tariffs and demand uh, tariffs and then there are plenty of opportunities for demand-side management at the consumer level. Just plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right.
1: Yeah, and and one of the interesting things was all the different technologies and and um, Australian technologies. And I guess you look, you've got um, your company solar analytics, but there's also people like Redback and Greensync and Reposit. They're all developed. They're all Australian-based software, and they're all heavily involved in these sort of demand management things. Which actually, and the interesting part for the consumer is the way that they're actually linking in with the rooftop solar and the battery storage through these smart control. so a lot of these demand management schemes are actually just finding a way of actually using the storage your battery and basically your battery is actually sort of playing in the market you don't even know that it's actually happening no um, and you can play and,
0: and you can play so many ways right you can play offset like you and I do right that's we're playing in the market we're deciding when to use our own power and when to use power that we've got that, that we can buy in right and and we manage our loads a little bit because of that and then you can go into various levels of switching loads on and off uh, like you can do with the load control stuff or sending your battery energy out and playing on the NEM market like Reposit do or going even further like greensync do there are so many ways and peer-to-peer is coming we've got um we've got so many interesting things on our horizon and i know or all- everyone else in the market does too this is the thing that drives me crazy giles because we you know really all we need is is this you know we need to get past this buddy debate that the only thing that i'm comfortable by in the whole macro level is that you know if we can get bipartisan agreement to at least go this is what it is for for the next x years or whatever it is that we can get then at least we can settle down and get on with it because the technology's there
1: oh well look that's right yeah and 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 particularly and and particularly behind the meter stuff yeah hey look let's sort of touch on to um electric vehicle stuff you had a couple of things that you wanted to mention about evs um what's happening there
0: well, that's right, Giles. And we've been we've talked about EVs. As you know, I'm completely obsessed with electric motorcycles. And if everyone anyone hasn't seen the uh, the video that just came out today of Zero Motorcycles' new electric motorcycle, you should check it out. Apart from the fact that it's totally cool, um, the Zero is now capable of uh, just over three hundred and seventy kilometers range. Right that's a, a mighty impressive range for for any motorcycle let alone an electric motorcycle um, that's a best range on the best model in the best conditions of course but it's getting really really interesting now and they've they've launched this new one and there are a few other things going on we're seeing increased interest for EV charging facilities and we've stumbled across it because we can now we're, we're getting ready to actually launch some um, EV monitoring and potentially EV charge control uh, services and products that we're putting into the market because we can see the demand people want to know okay if I put a little charge station on my hotel or on my airport or whatever it might be I'm happy to provide that service it seems like a good idea it's not going to cost me much but I don't know how much and I don't know what the demand is so again it all comes back to this energy awareness story that we've been talking about right but we're seeing that demand growing Giles it's really interesting mm, yeah and on on the back of that I saw some really interesting statistics about computing power and EVs and it's it's related to what we do because we're a software company but I thought here's some interesting statistics statistics for you, right? Tesla uh, have announced that they now have basically what is a supercomputer or a number of supercomputers on board in the average Tesla car. Uh, I saw a great article the other day that talked about the fact that it was the equivalent of having something like 150 MacBook Pros of computing speed right? <laughs> Think about that for a minute. There's 150 MacBook Pros jammed into the backseat of your P100D, mm-hmm. right? You're having a good time. That's 12 teraflops or 12 trillion computations per second. Teraflop. Sorry, teraflop? T- it's a teraflop. Well, I've yeah, never heard of a yeah. teraflop before. Well, there's megaflops, teraflops. I've been learning about this because I work for a, for a software company now, right? But I won't go into that. But the interesting thing is what it means... I've heard of a this is the Right. No, no, this is... It's really interesting and it's connected, Joel, because there are 12 trillion decisions capable of or or computations capable of being made per second in a tesla but what is that relative to right let's make it relative so it's 150 macbook pros right for example do do you know what the um do you know what the cat brain is capable of so there's a cat being thrown out a window its brain's got to think pretty fast right is it faster or slower than a tesla uh
1: i don't know i know it can land with all four feet in the ground
0: right that's pretty clever there's a lot going on right that's faster it's about five times faster at processing speed than a tesla ev what about the human brain
1: well when it comes to energy policy not very quick at all but um
0: (laughs) (laughs) not in australia 2.2 quadrillion giles 2.2 quadrillion decisions a second is what the human brain could make now And the the world's fastest supercomputer is four times faster than that again, right? Mind-blowing numbers. I stumbled across these this week. But what was really interesting in this whole EV piece that now that we can get electric cars and we know they only need around 12 trillion second uh, decisions a second sort of capability, we're starting to get this relativity of where artificial intelligence and machine learning and all the other things that are talking about are all merging into the data space, right? So I, I just thought there was some interesting stories of what's happening in EV from the data side and from the computing power side. It's just blowing my mind every day. What-
1: to me, it just begs a whole bunch of questions about what's happening with our energy policy and um, a whole bunch of other things. And I just uh, and and and, and oh, I know, oh, I know, right? right. Why right. can't we be pumping for coal-fired generators? <laughs> they're old, they're ugly, and they're inefficient,
0: and they're dirty, and they're expensive, exactly, and they're unreliable. Exactly.
1: And, um, oh dear
0: it's all yeah. right you're getting it you're getting my point I think is there is so much computing power out there and there is so much data can ca- capability out there why we are still grappling with the issues on the grid defies logic to me
1: it does look I think we have to end it there Nigel. hey look we've got a couple of interesting things coming up um, one is going to be we're going to have a couple of pundits coming on board and we're going to go through some technologies and some brands and what's what's that first um,
0: thing going to be is it going to be on inverters? Monitoring, monitoring, and and the different ways you can do monitoring. You can use inverters for monitoring. You can use third-party hardware for monitoring. You've got uh, battery uh, monitoring systems. You've got um, industrial and utility monitoring systems. So it's all about. Monitoring and and how can we leverage the best savings and the best performance for residential, business, everyone? Um, so it's a, it's a debate actually. I think I think we may argue. John's, oh, we I could, we could. I'm looking forward to that about uh, stuff.
1: Yeah, good one. And I think we're also going to have another one too, maybe looking at a couple of um, people going off grid, Um, just so so we can share a few thoughts about what to think about when you're actually taking that sort of decision, Um, which seems to be a decision that people are going to have to make because um, when they're told that the energy prices are going to stay this ridiculously high for the next 12, 15 or 20 years, and then they might, might as well start thinking about an alternative, as sad as it is to say. Nigel, great talking to you once again. Thanks very much. You too, Giles. Uh, look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, good on you. And uh, thanks once again to our listeners for listening in. Um, Please leave a review on iTunes. Tell your mates, friends, colleagues, family and workmates or whoever about it. And um, we'll talk again uh,
0: soon. Bye-bye. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. By navigating the changing energy landscape, Solar Analytics helps increase solar performance and saves money. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.